May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. College football games are way too long, but hopefully in the near future, they could be getting a bit shorter. It is Wednesday, February 22nd. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. Games that often go three and a half hours, some even four hours, they need to be cut shorter. Well, rules are being considered that would do exactly that. And joining me to discuss these rules and whether or not, frankly, they'd actually make the impact people hope is 24-7 Sports National College Football Reporter Brandon Marcello. So, Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. First and foremost, can you just run down the four rule changes right now being proposed by these college football officials that hopefully make games shorter and, you know, pose less exposure to these players? Yeah, there are four rules. Three of them look likely to potentially be passed and in time for this actual upcoming season. But here are the rules. One is no consecutive timeouts, which would mean no icing the kicker late in games. Uh, There would also be no untimed downs at the end of the first and third quarter. So with penalties, for example, there would not be an untimed down. Another rule that's getting a lot of support is that the clock would continue to run after first downs, except when you're in a two-minute warning situation at the end of the first half and, of course, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. The rule that's not getting a lot of support right now but will still be discussed and potentially proposed to the Oversight Committee, the Rules Committee, is clocks running on incomplete passes once the ball is spotted by the official which is something that would be a drastic change from what we see today and is not necessarily getting a lot of support, but will be discussed. So all of this going into the idea that coaches, administrators, I should say, are wanting to limit exposures for players. And what does that mean? It means less big hits, less plays in games, less wear and tear on the bodies, because as we know, A college football playoff is about to expand, and we're adding two, three games to the season for a lot of teams or for several teams. And really, the last thing that um, these schools want are lawsuits stemming from the additional playing time and the wear and tear on these players' bodies. Because remember, we're still dealing with whether there is actual amateurism issues here with football players as we get into this age of NIL, and specifically whether players are actually more of an employee than they are a student for this university that they are at, considering they are student athletes helping rake in billions of dollars across the sport. So a very interesting time, obviously, in college football, but this is one that would have an immediate impact in the way we watch games and for that matter, how long we watch these games as soon as this upcoming season. So, you know, on paper, This is all music, frankly, to my ears. And I know, look, I'm a big college football fan. Obviously, I work in college football, or at least on the media side of it. But let's be real, Marcelo. Some games just drag on and drag on and drag on. And you're like, all right, we got to reach an end point at some time. Is there any backlash to a lot of these? I know you said that one rule is is less likely to be implemented than the other three. Uh, I know one of the proposed changes is a clock running after a first down, which I think is 
beautiful. It was, again, music to my ears to hear that. Is there any backlash from groups or specific people or or whomever as to making these changes? And my question is why, if there is, why so? Because again, these all seem like things that will help the game. It'll shorten the game and it'll ultimately help players too because it'll make them less exposed. Yeah, not a lot of gigantic backlash on this. In fact, most of the backlash is from fans because they don't believe for the most part, honestly, and listen, you know, social media is a small space of what fans actually think, but they don't mind that games are going nearly three and a half hours. I'm shaking my head. I know we're not on video, but I'm shaking my head. I'm sorry. (laughs) Some of these games, just and maybe it's because the team that I root for isn't very good, but like these games are too long. It's like baseball, right? These games are just too long. Yeah, college football games this past season averaged three hours and 21 minutes. In comparison, NFL games lasted an average of three hours, 10 minutes. That's an 11-minute difference. Doesn't sound huge, but it is in the long run when you're talking about 12 games in a year for every team at the very least. So I think the fan base, they see this idea and they just think of their own time and the idea that college football is becoming more NFL light as the years go by, whether it's through NIL and paying players and now trying to cut down the amount of plays in games to cut down the time in games. And I think that's what's really kind of getting into this. And we can get into the weeds here about how this will affect the quality of play in college football. Because college football, what we celebrate with it is that there's a wide variety of playing styles, players, And the idea that any team could beat any team on Saturdays, which isn't necessarily always true, of course, but there's that hope and belief because, one, these are amateur athletes still. A lot of them are still teenagers. They make more mistakes than the pros in the NFL. And then also, you have a bunch of contrasting offensive and defensive styles, whereas the NFL, everybody's pretty much the same same height, same weight. They're the masters of their craft, and that's why there are such low-scoring games, and for that matter, tight games. That's why all the lines you always see are three, three and a half points in Vegas for the NFL. It's not like that in college football. And what this would do would almost guarantee that we would have closer games and lower scoring games. And history shows that that would be the case because as we'll get into here, Lance, this isn't the first time that they have discussed changing some rules to shorten games. And there could be quite a bit of negative backlash with it. Yeah, and I know this past season saw some of the the lowest scoring averages we, we've seen in, in a long time. Uh, and, and in regards to potential impacts to the game, if these rules are implemented, how do you think it affects, you know, we talked, you just brought up play styles and how there are so many differing play styles throughout college football. But how do you think it impacts the number of plays, how fast offenses move? You mentioned scoring. Exposure, obviously, is is the, the key thing here, too, trying to limit that. How do you think it really all impacts it? Do you think there will be as big a change as maybe these college football officials hope for when it comes to exposure? Or will we be kind of seeing the same things we've been seeing the last few years? Well, they've done their studies. And in fact, uh, our colleague Dennis Dodd at CBS Sports spoke to someone who was very clued in on all of this. Here in the last couple of years, uh, there have been officials going around in press boxes and looking at the time of games and taking these proposals in their own head and implementing what that would look like in that game that they were covering at that time. And what that looks like is this. So one of the rules is that, that the clock would run after first downs, except for the two-minute warning period of time. If they were just to implement that rule, that would mean offenses would lose an average of seven game, seven plays per game, which is quite a bit. We're talking about 14 plays in a game. Then the other rule, which is a little bit more controversial and is kind of 
probably will not be adopted once it is proposed is that clock's running on incomplete passes once the ball is spotted. If you did that, we're talking about cutting 18 to 20 more plays out of a game, which is substantial. We're talking about the potential here on the low end, on the low end of running 84 or so less plays a season, which amounts to what we see in a college football game today for an offense to run. So you're pretty much taking an entire game out of the season. So how does that affect one, the backups? Do the backups play as often as they as they do now? Probably not. Not even in those close, quote unquote, blowout games that we see in these FCS games among FBS opponents, potentially. So is this really limiting exposure time for these players? Maybe not. So if you go in the past here, this is very similar to what was adopted back in 2006. Not a lot of people remember this, but back in 2006, they implemented two new rules to help speed up games. One was that they would start the clock the moment the kicker's foot hit the ball on kickoffs. The other rule was the clock would start whenever the official signaled ready to play after a change of possession. What did that do? It cut down playing times by 15 minutes. It went from three hours and 20 plus minutes to three hours and six plus minutes. So that's quite the change. There was a loss of about 14 plays per game among the two teams in every game. And here's the killer that really, really hurt the game. Average scoring dropped more than five points per game among the two teams, which was an average of nearly three points per game for each offense. We went from averages of 26 points per game to just 23 points per game for each team, which of course, college football was a different game back then, not as high scoring. But as you mentioned earlier in this episode, Lance, we had the lowest scoring season in college football in 2022 that we've had since 2011. There was an average of 28.38 points per game scored by teams in college football. So if you just look at history as a precursor to all this, and we're taking the amount of plays out of the game for the offenses, we would probably see a similar drop in average scoring. So if we drop that down to three three more points, we're talking about 25 points per game for offenses. And then we're talking about, obviously, some tighter games going down the stretch, which would allow teams to have to play their starters more often than not and longer in games, actually, because they're not able to pull away from some opponents and put their backups in. Would it shorten the games? Yes. History shows that. 15 minutes were taken out of the game as a result back in 2006. And if you look at those numbers, very similar in 2005, the season before they made those changes, to what we saw in 2022. Remember, average game times in 2005, three hours, 20 minutes, 22 seconds. The average game time in 2022, three hours, 21 minutes. So not much change there. And then also you have people going, well, if you want to shorten the game, why not run, say, more advertisements, do a half screen commercial during like replay reviews or something like that to cut down on actual media timeouts? Well, studies show that non-televised games this past season only ran an average of two minutes shorter than the televised games. So you're not actually saving really any time there at all. So all that to say this, it looks like they are going to adopt some of these proposals and it will cut down the amount of plays offenses run, but will it actually limit the amount of exposures for these players? 
that's debatable because some coaches might have to keep their first team offenses out on the field. And for that matter, their first team defenses out on the field longer than what we come to expect because there's going to be some tighter games. And you would say that with these rule changes, the priority isn't the shorter games. The priority is the exposure, correct? You, you'd think that yeah, they're more focused all, than player safety as opposed to fan experience, I guess I should say. It's all about litigation. They do not want to get in legal fights because, one, the insulator is getting his tail kicked right now anyway in the courtroom. But that is a big issue that has been raised among coaches even and, of course, players about the health of players. You're asking us to play more games? On an already busy academic schedule, you're asking us to stay on campus longer during our holiday break to play more games potentially. And what do we get out of it? We get our bodies injured more. And you're also potentially shortening our own professional careers in the NFL because, hey, taking a running back, for example, there's a reason why people say there's only so much mileage on players, but especially running backs, their bodies wear down tremendously, especially at the running back spot. And you're asking them to play two, three more games a year now, that is going to take its toll. So rightly so, they're looking at trying to limit exposures, but also there is some motivation there that they want to shorten the game to help them out as well. It's just as far as fan attention, advertising, and being more creative with that stuff too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It really is so interesting. And I brought up baseball before because obviously baseball this coming season is going through rule changes of their own. Most notably, obviously, a pitch clock, batter staying in the batter's box, uh, larger bases. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily have to do with time of play. Uh, but the first two things I mentioned did have to do with time of play. And so much is going to be so hard to kind of fathom the first time we see it. It'll definitely be an adjustment period of sorts in you know baseball for everyone who's a baseball fan. And I'm sure in college football, there'll be an adjustment period too if some of these rules are implemented. You know, we'll see a running clock and we'll say to ourselves, wait, it was a first down. Why is the clock running? And then we'll remember, oh, wait, there's a rule change. The clock is not running after first down. So it'll definitely be an adjustment period of sorts. But I guess an opinion question to you, Brandon, and I'll let you go after this one. Do you like the changes? Just simple. Do you like the changes? Do you think that these are changes for the better of the game, both again, exposure wise, as well as, and, and primarily exposure wise, as we've been talking about, as well as fan experience wise do you think that these are are positive steps being taken in the right direction to help fans as well as help players especially with you know obviously an expanded season coming soon i'm mixed on it uh, for one i you know, listen i think that the replay review system is what needs to be completely overhauled and looked at and especially in these larger conferences in the power 5 you look at the sec I mean, goodness gracious, they were going so long with games this year, and I, I find it difficult to believe that it's not because of the long replay reviews that are being sent to Birmingham there. It just seems like the SEC games drag on and on. Most of the teams there were hitting three and a half hours on average. And across college football this past year, 20% of the games played across the sport were three and a half hours or longer. So there is a bit of a an epidemic here when it comes to these games going too long. I don't believe it's because of hurry up offenses and more plays and all that. 
I think it's because of the replay review process. I think we're stopping plays way too often. And that college football needs to look at adopting an NFL-type system to where the coaches have to challenge to have a play reviewed and they only get so many per game, whereas now the booth can also buzz down and stop a game, which happens a lot. We're talking about two to three times a game, uh, more than three times a game, and that slows everything down. And obviously, it does not affect the amount of exposures. That number doesn't change. So that needs to be looked at. That would cut down playing time as far as just the the window on television that you see for these games. But they do want to cut down the amount of exposures. And the way to do that is to adopt one or two of these rules. But I would say this, you would change the sport drastically if you adopt both letting the clock run after first downs and also allowing the clock to run on incomplete passes, because then you're talking about potentially losing as many as 25 to 30 plays a game. That is a lot of plays. The game would become less exciting, and that's college football's whole selling point. People aren't watching college football for the most part to watch defensive battles week to week to week, especially in the lower conference games in the MAC and the AAC, the Conference USA. They want to see points scored in games like that. And if you were to adopt those two rules, that just would be few and far between. And that would hurt the sport, I think, overall, just from an entertainment value. Now, all of this to say it would help the big boys. It would help SEC, the Big Ten in particular, because it would become more of an NFL-type game. It would be semi-pro football in a lot of ways with the way those games would go. And you'd be seeing a lot of 24-21 to 21 games, 27-24 to 24 games, instead of sometimes a 45 to 38 game. I think that would be in our future if they end up adopting those two rules, as I mentioned. But in the end, I think they'll end up doing something, a happy medium, which actually ends up cutting out between probably seven to 12 plays a game, which would one would be eliminating uh, or excuse me, allowing the clock to run after first downs, which would allow them to cut out at least seven plays per game for the offenses on each sideline. But again, that's going to lower scoring. And I'm interested to see what the feedback would be like after just one year. Because as I said, in 2006, that thing was ridiculed almost from the get-go. And it hurt a lot of teams. And they got rid of those two rule changes because scoring dropped significantly. It'll be really interesting to see what the fan backlash would be. And frankly, the player and coach backlash would be if that were to happen, and it'll be really interesting to see the adjustment period and how long it is if some of these rules are implemented, how it changes the game, how it changes the game for the fan, how it changes it for the player, how how it changes it for for coaches too, uh, will really be something interesting uh, to watch as it looks like, at least right now, rule changes very well could be coming to college football for the 2023 season. Remember to follow Brandon on Twitter at bmarcello and stay locked in to 247sports.com for the latest on these rule changes. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. You know, make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, head on over to the 247 Sports YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button as well. So for Brandon Marcello, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily.